Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, welcome back to Total Streamers, Jack. It's been a while. It's been too long. <laughs> as it has, mate. It's been a been a while uh, since we've done a pod. Huh? It's been ages. I know, mate. But we're back, mate. The good thing is we've actually got games to talk about. <laughs> talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We, um, I blame Tim Walsh. Whole... I blame Tim Walsh. That's what I blame. <laughs> yeah, Timothy, Suzanne Walsh. It's your <laughs> fault. That, uh, yeah. We've gone this long. Ah, <laughs> oh, well. He's here in spirit. Do you know what? It wasn't yes. a very... Uh, it was uh, Crystal Palace, Newcastle. That wasn't... I didn't have any spirit that game. That was dead. And I watched fucking <laughs> 88 minutes of utter shite. And then went to turn it oh. off. Just as I was about to turn it off. Two goals. Two goals. It was... It was... The one game you look at on a Friday and go, oh, God. Like, <laughs> Palace, nice. Newcastle definitely doesn't need to be on on a Friday. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we can all agree is that any sort of football fan that that game should be slotted three o'clock on a Saturday, not televised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was on the telly. I think, do you know what? I don't know what bigger news from this weekend was than Joel and finally scoring a goal. <laughs> to be fair, right, he got the he got the assist right. He actually fully like, he, he didn't really he have did. a good game at all. Um but at the end it did sort of come through. And that's that's the thing. He plays in that position that you can't you can't be bad for eighty eight minutes. It doesn't really matter. All the all the, the score seat shit says is an assist and a goal. Um but yeah, and he was quite fortunate with the goal. I will say he was fortunate with the goal. It was a poor shot, the deflection took him by <laughs> by the keeper. So uh, he has been a wee bit fortunate there. But Palace will feel, Roy will be upset with that because Crystal Palace registered 58% possession in that match and very much looked probably the better team in, in possession. Well, they were in possession. Um, although they're definitely missing Wilfred Zaha um, big time. I've just seen um, a stat then that says they've won, they've only won two out of 17 without Zaha and they've lost lost the other 15. So, I mean, that's all about um, Crystal Palace without Wilfred Zaha for me. I think they're, they're sort of 
don't really have anything if he's not playing. They don't really offer anything else. And again, last night, it sh- uh, last night, bloody hell, it, <laughs> Friday, it showed that, didn't it? Without Zahar, that Palace team is a real struggle. It is, mate. It is. The only saving grace is that they are set up quite well defensively, um, but they did crumble at the end there. It was pretty poor. I think they basically lost the game by trying to win the game. They maybe committed a wee bit too much forward and, uh, and lost it in the last couple of minutes. Bruce will be happy because he does. He seems to keep picking up these results when like, they don't play particularly well, but things just seem to go their way. Um, I will say it like, probably did look like a bit of good fortune that, uh, for Newcastle to go away with the three points there. I probably would have said that I know now. No. Would have probably been a more accurate representation of the of the ninety minutes of that match, but you've got to be in it to win it. You know they've got a, they've got Wilson, they got a chance. Callum Wilson, obviously, I see. He's, he's been, um, he's been he's a been wonderful great. signing for them, hasn't he? He's been so good. Yeah, um, yeah I mean you've got to be good to make he, Joe Linton look good. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, uh, but nine nine sort of nine. He's been directly involved in nine goals in nine games with seven goals and two assists this season. So you can't discredit his. Um, mm-hmm. Impact in this Newcastle side. He adds them a different dimension, doesn't he? He gives them something else, and I think it works works well with Joel Linton because Joel Linton's a big, strong lad, and he can hold the ball up and sort of flick it on to Callum Wilson. And I think that that definitely helps Joel, and it takes the burden off him when he's got a partner next to him who's scoring goals. Definitely, definitely. I wish we were making the pod when Callum Wilson signed for Newcastle because both of us <laughs> both said that he was going to be a really good signing and that he would come good because we'd both remembered him from the from the previous. Season, not last season, then obviously had a hard time last season, but from the previous season and the season before that as well, he, he did show yeah. and to, to the point that he was actually heavily linked to Man- Manchester United. If anybody remembers that, that did happen. <laughs> but he moved it shows I've, I've had the faith in him also. He's not he's not dropped out of my dream team once all season, so <laughs> shows the faith I've had in him. I knew he'd do it. <laughs> I had a poor, poor week in a fantasy fantasy league. I had Jamie Vardy, Dominic Calvert Lewin, Harry Kane, so no goals for me, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but out of them three, you'd expect one of them to bag, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. And now I'm second in my league. Ridiculous. I'm like, still, 100, I'm like still 100 points ahead of you, but... <laughs> 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 right, moving on. Brighton Liverpool. Bit of a strange oh, match. Um was, wasn't it? I kinda feel a little bit guilty because I was a little bit hard on Nico Williams uh the other night when we were when we were talking about his uh, his performance in the Champions League. Or was it the previous game? Either way, I was a little bit Champions League game. Yeah, I was a little bit critical of him and I felt guilty of the fact that he came on and he had another he struggled again. He struggled against Brighton and had to come off <laughs> at half time. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think he looked settled at all. The sort of the entire um, again, it's good for his learning. When does it not become learning anymore? And when do you need to start consistently performing and and stopping those little errors? Um, he's a young lad. He'll he'll work on it. You know, you don't just become a, a world class player overnight. You've got to learn these things, and you've got to get better. And the only way you're going to get better is to keep. So I think. He'll, again, I said it last time, he'll learn from it and hopefully he'll come back longer. Yeah, I think so. I hope so because he, really he is only a young lad. Um, Liverpool probably did look a little bit better when Jordan Henderson came on, I thought. Um, although they just had a lot of the ball, didn't have a lot going forward. Only registered six shots and two shots on target um, for a team with Liverpool's firepower um, to be out. <laughs> Even though they are away from home, they're still against Brighton. Brighton did a great job of just letting Liverpool have the ball in certain areas of the pitch, uh, let them move it, let Liverpool move the ball sideways and backwards, um, and were really, really effective. Um, at capitalising on Liverpool's mistake. Uh, I thought they were actually going to have a little less going forward because uh, Tyreek Lamptey was banned for the match. 
Yeah, uh, they, but I, they, I thought exactly the same. Yeah, they still put in a really, really good shift. Uh, Des Kelly and Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> oh wow! Des Kelly just went off in one. And I don't. I take. It was a I think, for the ages, wasn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think Jurgen was on the back foot for the majority of the sort of debate they were having. Des Kelly quite clearly went in. <laughs> he had prepped it in his head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. He looked oh, be- right. much better prepared out of the two of them. Um, Jurgen was on the back foot and uh, kind of showed it. Usually Jurgen Klopp does so well in interviews, um, but every couple of years, every so often, you do see him kind of get put on the back foot by the things he said in the press. I thought Des Kelly, as from a journalistic standpoint, did a really good job of pressing the issue. Yeah, 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 he did. Um, definitely, like you say, he put him on a back foot, which is something you don't see all the time. Um, but understand the grievances that, that Jurgen Klopp's got, absolutely. Um, and just, you know, I think all the managers are, are probably thinking as well, but I think he's the only one who's sort of brave enough to come out and actually say what he thinks. Um, I've Got to disagree. I've got to disagree. I think only the managers that are in Europe really care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be an issue for anybody that's not in Europe. Um, well, at the end of the day, you know, they're playing three times a week, aren't they? So you can only rotate your team so much. <laughs> that's well, the that's thing, the thing. It? That's the thing. He's not. He, oh, he's, he's. I, I get that. He's only. He's asking for a few hours. He's not asking for a while. He's asking a few hours difference to the kickoff time, so that he can do a training session before they get to get more recovery time and things like that. Uh, he's been very critical, obviously, that they've not had a pre-season, and he's been. That's not a new thing. He's, he has said that from the very start of the season that they've not had a pre-season. If you look back to the Premier League games at the start of the season, you could tell <laughs> that no one it was very no one very... yeah. Ding dong, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the goals that were going in were absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, in, in terms, of, I could see the points of the the arguments on both sides. I still stand by that. I don't think that um, there should be five substitutes. I'm all for you start this. You've started the season with three substitutes. Yeah. Finish the season with that. Um, uh, although I am probably sympathetic to the fact that the teams that do play in Europe uh, could probably have slightly more favourable kickoff times, and that goes for other the, teams like, of, like Spurs, time, uh, Spurs and Chelsea have kind of suffered from that as well. But Spurs and Chelsea don't have the injury list that Liverpool have, so it just kind of feels ever growing for Liverpool at the minute. Yeah. But, you know, you say, you know, everyone's talking about the injuries and stuff like that for Liverpool, but, you know, they, they're still second uh, in the league. And just want to touch on Diego Jota, how sort of a revolution he's since he's come to Liverpool. He's got nine goals in 14 games, and I think he's he's just slotted into that that so well, hasn't he? I, when he come in, I thought he'll be sort of using a Rigi type come on and start the occasional games, come in and he's dislodged for me straight or is playing with him. Uh, I think I think he's brilliant. Uh, he's been a really good signing. I think he showed it again and he can exactly what he can do with a really, really nice goal. Absolutely, absolutely. As um, When he's in the mood, uh, he, look, he just looks unstoppable. He does look like that player that's playing in confidence and I think he has had a confidence boost and he had something to prove of going to a, a club the size of Liverpool that he, that, that he wasn't going to be uh, a Minamino or Shakiri type player where you could tell they're quality players but they're just good enough to sit on the bench or sorry just yeah. uh, good not good enough to get on the pitch but you know the kind of calibre of player that you would think would play most week and most other sides in the, in, in the world even um, so it's quite clear that he's determined not to be that player he kind of wants <laughs> just to give Jürgen a headache every week um, and it's he's he's telling him how can you not pick me with these performances mm-hmm. that's a way I just say to the manager how can you not pick me when I'm playing like this um, 
and, and fair play to him. You know, a long night continue because he's been he's been absolutely smashing it. Yeah, he really has. Definitely. Right. So over to Man City Burnley. <laughs> do you know what this reminded oh. me of, Jake? See, two years ago, do you remember like two or two seasons ago, should I say, when Man City would get beat or they wouldn't have a they would have a draw or something, and the next team they played would just get absolutely slaughtered. This is what yeah. it sort of reminded me of. It was that no, kind of match. Just it makes me laugh that I think I for the last couple of years, all I ever remember seeing from this fixture is five nil, like to Man City. <laughs> like, it's, it's mad. like I don't remember them not winning five nil against Burnley. I've just seen um, online that their last seven seven matches with Burnley, Man City have got an aggregate score of twenty eight one. In seven games, they're twenty eight one up against Burnley. <laughs> Absolutely mental. That is um, crazy. That is crazy. It's meant. It's crazy. Um, obviously, Burnley's kryptonite, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I do love that. I mean, Barnes and Wood aren't going to be. You know, I mean, they're really physical players, and kind of. You know, they're all, they're always leaving something on on the centre backs and the midfielders, and and that's how they like to play is be physical and win win the second balls and and all that sort of stuff. And it's four four two. And it, I mean, I, I, that kind of football just isn't going to work against a side that can move that can move the ball in the way in the way that Man City can. So I'm not surprised that that's. I, I knew it was going to be like a high score. That was twenty eight one is a bit ridiculous, right enough. Yeah, it's Sean Dyche should probably hand hang his head in shame for that. I mean, surely, surely you look at that and think, right, I need to try something different. No, but every time it's just like, 4-4-2. Four, four, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's some like batter, isn't it? pumping every time. Only going to play 4-4-2. Four, four, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. They're not going to deviate from it. It's going to pay off eventually. <laughs> when, you look, when you look at the stats on paper, right, 31% possession for Burnley. You'd expect her to, uh, the number to be in that region. But they got nine shots. Yeah, I yeah. think I just, one yeah, so target. that's, well, we got one on target, right? Still think nine attempts. What more, more, more mad is the fact that City only had six shots on target and they scored five of them, so. <laughs> um, play it, man, City. <laughs> it was, it was. I mean, Riyad Mahrez just looked absolutely sensational. John Stone's back in the side as well. Yeah, some yeah, something was, that I thought was a was a foregone conclusion is as he probably turned into fourth or fifth choice centre back because obviously they brought in Nathan Ake and Ruben Diaz and obviously they've still got um, Laporte and stuff like that. I thought George Stones had uh, dropped way down that pecking order. It was an intri- uh, that, to be honest, I didn't think he'd, he'd start. Uh, definitely, but to see him come in, there, you know, I think he. He played pretty well, didn't he? So maybe giving Pepper a sort of showing of what he can do again. Um, and I think he's a good centre back. He's a good player. Um, he's a sort of on paper. He's your, your stereotypical Pep centre back, isn't he? He's good on the ball. And, uh, he's quick, and you know he can he can do quite a lot. Not just you know your classic English centre back of lump it up. He's sort of the opposite of Harry Maguire, isn't he? He's just going to head the ball and win every header. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he might have gone in the summer. I thought the confidence or, went. I thought the, I thought uh, his confidence went, but obviously he's a confidence player, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, you know, no day, no day. I saw he's had a he's had a run. I think he got a start in the Champions League and he played well, which is kind of rewarded him for this Premier League start. So so all credit to him. Um, I mean, I think it will be hard for him to retain his place. I mean, if Laporte and Ruben Diaz is fit. And then you get Nathan Ake in front of him as well. 
I mean, I don't think it's going to be a case of that's him back in the side. Um, no. I don't think that's the way it's going to go, unfortunately for him. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But anyway, yeah, so <laughs> just the usual from, from the Man City Burnley fixture. Yeah. Man City absolutely slaughtering them. <laughs> um, next, we go to Everton Leeds. Um, I actually called this match wrong. I called this match again with loads of goals, <laughs> which there wasn't. But I watched this match and it was it was a really good match, and there should have been a, a lot more goals. It was a good game, yeah, a really good game. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, very, very, very good game. Uh, Bielsa balled again, though, wasn't it? You know, Bielsa doing what he does best. Um, thought Everton quite poor as well. Then, to be honest, I mean, they had looking at the stats now. Obviously, they had more shots than target and lead. Leeds dominated the possession, you know, away from home and dominated them on, on, on shots as well. 23 shots to uh, Everton's 15. And um, We were talking about but, this at the beginning of the season, mate, of um, yeah. how Everton have a really, really, really strong first 11 when they're all fit. Um, but yeah. outside that, they don't really have the depth. And we did, both of it, we agreed that um, when the injuries did come, that Everton's form would kind of drop off. And I think we're seeing the, sort of, the results of that because obviously um, the best football Everton played of this season has been in the 4-3-3 um, with Dakuri Allen, uh, James Rodriguez in the midfield and um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front with Charleston and uh, Andre Gomez. Sorry, switch them around. James Rodriguez and Andre Gomez switched places. Uh, that was the best football they played this season. Yeah. Um, but now they've had to resort from that due to injuries, so they reverted back to the the four four two, and now they've moved into a sort of uh, a three four three or a, or a five at the back, if you will. So Ben Godfrey, Michael Keane, and, and Holgate in the middle, but using Tom Davis and Vin, uh, sorry Alex Awobi as his wing back is just kind of it's neat. Well, they're both midfielders, aren't they? And well, Awobi's um, naturally a sort of winger. Awobi's a winger, yeah, yeah, and so Davis is a central midfielder. Awobi, you can sort of get away with putting him in. They were winger, just give him a bit more defensive duties. Well, he played really well on the on the on the right hand side against um, was it Fulham? He played a right wing back. Yeah. Well, he moved he moved to left wing back for this game, and Tom Davis was out in a sort of right wing back role. Um, so the link up is between like Awobi and Richarlison, and then on the other side, Tom Davis and Hamas Rodriguez. But you never really seen it link it up as well. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin yeah. didn't get the chances well maybe the tough chances but maybe it wasn't the same calibre of service he'd be used to um, and the, uh, yeah and Calvin Phillips absolutely <laughs> dominated the midfield um, yeah, I really like I really like yeah, he was Phillips. really really he's good brilliant. he's brilliant really yeah, he's good really good he's a really really good player I think he got man in the really, match I like, well. that lead, that, like that Leeds team I think they've got a lot of good individual play they've got a lot of good side as well they're quite gel but there's a lot of individual plays in there that I look at and go yeah you're going you are really good and you are a Premier football and Calvin Phillips is definitely one of those yeah he does scream sort of Premier League level footballer um, I think it's I mean they, they all are quality individual players but the when I see them on the pitch, I just think really well-drilled, hard-working team um, in terms of how much they run and stuff like that. It's just absolutely insane. Um, I mean, in terms of like, yes, they're, they're holding on to the ball and outrunning the opposition. It's only going to go one way. And I think Leeds probably did deserve the points in the day, all three of them. Um, although Everton did have moments of where they probably could have gone, <laughs> if they finished their chances, probably could have gone on and won it. Because they did have more shots on target. Um 
But yeah, like we've like we've, like we've seen earlier, I do, I do think they've not got a whole lot of depth outside that first eleven, and they need to probably look in, look into getting better replacements than um, players like Tom Davis, who I think is more of a, a lower to mid level, mid mid tier level sort of yeah. player for the Premier League, or even an upper yeah. level Championship player. I think yeah, maybe in the next <laughs> three or four years for Tom Davis. Might see that, yeah. But like you say, I think for Everton, you know, it's still early in Carlo regime, so you know he's got a good side uh, at the minute. It, but like almost with Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp we're going to see a good team the squad I think is going to come after I think that's what's come so like Liverpool a few years ago you know their first 11 brilliant started that it was a bit ropey and I think Everton are sort of on the similar similar line with that you know, their first 11 is really good they need one or two additions to that team to make it for me a really really good side and they just need to boost that squad up and then you know Carlo's got a really really good squad there. I've got an agreement yeah I do see Everton uh, in Europe within sort of two once they, once they expand a wee bit on that Carlo gets more of the players because I think his, his signings are proving more hit than miss at the minute um, he's a, he's a- He's a big, he's a big. So I think a lot of players are going to come and play for him as well. I think so. I think so. He did have that attraction. You don't, you don't get players from Real Madrid. Um, if you could... <laughs> yeah, and Napoli <laughs> you get... and places. Yeah, you don't get yeah. Champions League players. I mean, players coming to to, to a team that aren't yeah. Europe without an attraction. And Carlo Ancelotti oh. is an attraction. <laughs> he's still that elite level manager. Yeah, I was definitely in the camp of give a big dunk for the job. <laughs> <laughs> I was as well. Yeah, I was. I, I thought you, he was the job personally. Yeah, you, you don't get Real Madrid players if you if you big dunk. Sorry, big dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> moving on to a team I want to talk quite a bit about. Um, Sheffield United played oh, well. I knew, I knew it. I knew it would be um, Sheffield United. Because I've been a wee bit <laughs> critical of them, off. right? I think a, they're getting away bit, with far too critical. much. Yeah, right. They get away because cause of last year what they did, they fucking get away with all sorts of terrible, terrible football. Um, yeah. Granted, this is a, this well is, is that was the best game I've seen them play. Even even better than the draw they got, and they still and they still got beat. So <laughs> you yeah. know they can't buy a win, can they? they no, but West, West Brom can. <laughs> well, yeah. and credit yeah. to them, mate. Credit to them. I, I did say in the build up to this that both teams have got to look at this and say a draw is just nowhere near good. You know what I mean? You may as well, you may yeah. as well lose the three points uh, if you're going to go for a draw, um, because it's really a big six point of games. It's like probably one of the first six point of games of the season uh, when it comes Slowly. to near the bottom of the table. Uh, and West Brom have just put themselves five points clear of Sheffield United, so they've given themselves a wee bit of breathing, and they still got to look up. And I'm sure they were pretty happy. To be out that relegation zone, but then Fulham went and won. <laughs> Fulham, Fulham oh. went and got a win, <laughs> and um, we'll talk about that in a wee bit. But credit to West Brom for going out and turning up and playing. Um, fairly even match. Sheffield United yeah. probably edged it in terms of attacking play. Um, but yeah, Ollie Buck was probably. I mean, Ollie Buck comes in and starts to play. A, he's dead physical and really, really fast and pacey, and he does kind of look good. Uh, but he's not played a whole lot, of, whole lot of football. Uh, Kian Bryan came in for his debut as well. Uh, the, <laughs> the most familiar I am with Kian Bryan is because I had him in my St. Mun team and football manager. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a product of Man City's uh, academy. Um, John Fleck as well come in, and you know Sheffield United did look as if they were on the up, and they probably could have got a point from the game. But you know West yeah. Brom, you know the place. <laughs> Lisa Mousset is back as well for for uh, for Sheffield United. So I've, I still think that one point from a potential thirty, no we are there good enough. Do you know what I mean? I just want to I want to talk about as well with Sheffield. Uh, Sheffield for me, Aaron Ramsdale's not good enough uh, to 
the Premier League goalkeeper for them. Um, he's a good shot stopper, but we when we had this discussion at the other week about goal and what sets the sort of elite keeper you could depart from your lower league keepers is, is is all that, isn't it? It's the confidence, it's 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 how they marshal that defence. And for me, he's just not that yet. I know he's very young and he's got time in his hands. Keepers, you know, at that sort of age, you know, expected to make a few mistakes. But you know, he's in the Premier League signed for money. He can't can't be making these mistakes. Got to be got to be better. Um, he's been so far this season. I do. Uh- I do agree in the fact that it's probably a step down from Dean Henderson, um, who they had in between the sticks last season. I yeah, do agree as a step down. He's got a good save percentage. His distribution is not the worst. I've got to agree, maybe he's not playing at the level he probably should have, but I've seen him play well in the, in the seasons he had with Bournemouth. Obviously yeah, not yeah, in the yeah. relegation season, but I have seen him have good seasons. Um, it's almost like he needs to spell out of the side just to, to get them. Confidence back, and, and I think Sheffield United they need to do something, don't they? they need to change something. I'm not necessarily blaming it all on Ramsdale, not at all, because his defense don't help out in the slightest. They've been shocking as well. Um, that's what I was going to say. In terms of it's probably a case of it's been yeah. absolutely dreadful. Um, I mean, and midfield again, they're not helping in the slightest, they're just allowing the defense to be run out. Like, you can blame you can blame everything, really. Um, you know, the strikers not scoring, the midfielders aren't helping the striker, and they're not helping the defense. Meant to being exposed and not helping the keeper. You know, there's there's problems all over the pitch. And we ran a poll the other day, didn't we? Saying, you know, what does Sheffield United need to do? And, and the big winner for that was the, the change of tactics. And I think they just need to get back to basics. They need to start doing what they did last season. And you know, it, it obviously sounds simple when you talk about it like that, but um, I don't really know what they can do. <laughs> well, they're in a situation where the strikers don't have any confidence, and now you can kind of see cracks at the back where the keeper and the back line aren't gelling as well, especially since as a as a new keeper for the season and they didn't have a pre-season to sort of gel. Is, that's, that's the other thing, isn't it? He's, you know, he didn't have a pre-season to sort of get train with the team. He's almost having to pick that up every game as they go along and learn how the defender's playing, the defender's learning how he's playing. And yeah, that lack of pre-season is definitely affect. But for defending goalkeeper, lack of pre-season is what affects because that's your time to learn how to, to work with it basically, isn't it? So to not have that, it must be like really difficult, especially when you're the big as well because people expect you to instantly make an impact and, yeah. and you know, it's the spotlight straight away on you. It's, it is it is unfair. Um, you know, that's what they get paid for at the end of the day. That is, especially when you come for big money. Um, Sheffield United currently sitting six points clear of relegation. Um, the only saving grace is that the teams around them haven't played <laughs> too well either. Um, they've got yeah. 28 games left to play. Do you think they can stay up and avoid the drop? I think they've got a good enough squad to do it, absolutely. You know, we've seen it last season. They've got a good enough squad to stay up, but they've just got to find some confidence and some play, you know, start playing football again because... I haven't been recently in the slightest. Well, somebody's got to go down, right? I do. I do still sort of believe that that Fulham and West Brom probably will go down. Just, um, yeah. just from the calibre of players that they've got, that just they can have little spells like this where they kind of start getting stuff, and unless they kind of take real advantage of that and really use that momentum to push on and get some meaningful points, yeah. um, then then I think they will go down. But either way, Chris Wilder or Sean Dyche, I think, is going down this season. And if you ask me right now, who's yeah, who's the manager? Yeah, who's the manager that's going to get the turnaround? I'm probably going to say Sean Dyche. Yeah. Because he's dealt with it before. I back that as well. I back so that. 
that's why why, that's my theory of why Sheffield United you heard it here first are going down (laughs) (laughs) 10 games into the season and you've already penned them for relegation the the, the thing is the thing is the problem these teams those four teams that was mentioned have got is is is, the other teams are already starting to pull away Brighton in 16th and they're they're four points clear and then above them playing well is is Palace yeah and it's Palace and they've got 13 points there you know seven points clear these big gaps are starting to already appear and seven points doesn't sound like a lot but when you're in a relegation battle that's huge that's huge especially Sheffield United who've got one point the 12 points behind the team that are fifth yeah they're nine points behind the team that's 16th already so you know it's it's a worry for them they need to start but it's desperate they do they do um, going across to Southampton, Man United. I was gutted for the Saints. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, lie. I was. We know <laughs> Tim. Cavani and Walsh was devastated. Wasn't yeah, he? he was. That's why he's not on the pod, <laughs> is it? He's just he's yeah. avoiding this week. Um, he can't. He can't. Because of this game. <laughs> Cavani, that is probably the best performance of a bench I can remember off the top of my head. I mean, because it's it's not just like he's came off for a last minute winner. He's came on for a last minute winner. Sorry, he's came on for, for forty five minutes and changed the game completely on his head. Like yeah. turned it right on. That boy can run. Uh, I thought he kind of lost that aspect of his game because he hadn't. Well, seen, we hadn't really seen it. Sort of I mean, I kind of seen the aspect of it in, in the Europa. Uh, no, sorry, not Europa, the Champions League. I just thought it was him. <laughs> Man United in Europa. Um, but he, he ran and I was like, well, he's going to be tired now. He's not going to be able to do that. And that's why he's not playing against Southampton. All he's had no choice but to fling him on. And wow, I thought that. <laughs> turn, turn the game around, didn't he? Completely turn the game around. Yeah. And it's uh, proper, proper number nine goals as well. Uh, yeah, they really <laughs> Diving header and just forcing your way in for a second header. And then showing his real quality is just like, that's not just the only element of his game. He actually gets the assist as well. Um for who was it again? It was uh, was it Rashford? No, it was Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, so he He's actually on. gets the assist when he, when he sort of drifts way out to the right hand side. Um, oh, that's really really good. Um, you could it's not as if Southampton just I don't think he really really played particularly bad in the second half. I mean, obviously they did. They conceded three goals, but it felt like it was a wee bit out of their hands. Do you know what? Um, when I was sort of watching the game. Saints were two 0 up, and I thought from what what I've sort of read and seen, they looked good money for it. And then, but then as soon as Man United scored that first goal, it was two one. In the back of my mind, I immediately thought they're going to go and win. They'll win this. <laughs> I, I did not want to say anything to Tim because you know <laughs> he'd, have, yeah. he'd have been like, "Oh, you fucking jinxed us." <laughs> but, uh, But I thought as soon as they scored, I was like, "Oh, do you know what? They're going to go and win it." And obviously they did, and they did it in a you know it was classic Man United, wasn't it? It It's a bit of a throwback to Fergie, you know. Yeah. Done it again. Uh, but I just want to touch on Salab and uh, James Ward Prowse free kick maestro, isn't he? Yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> James Ward Beckham, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable at free kicks. Uh, another absolute scorcher, another peach. And I got a, I found an interesting fact as well, actually. So to listen to this, um, Jan Bednak has scored in three Premier League games for Southampton. What can you guess? What 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 the end of this statistic is? <laughs> All assisted by James Ward Price. <laughs> no, 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 close. So he's scored up three games for Southampton, three Premier League games, and the Saints have lost three two at St Mary's in every game. So <laughs> you know, the scores <laughs> and you're two 0 up, you're going to lose three two. Oh <laughs> no, so, yeah, scarred. he's scarred. Scarred, yeah. Ralph's yeah. yeah. got, got to ban him from scoring. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if he scores um, his own goal, it'll. 
be reverse psychology and they'll win through it. I don't know. <laughs> well, we we predicted that Sedge were probably going to get three points or a point today, didn't we? Uh, not today, yeah. sorry, at, at the match. Um, and it was very much going the way we predicted right up until that halftime whistle went. And we were speaking yeah. about it and we were like, yeah, it's probably going to be points to Saints. Um, I just honestly, like, is it money well spent for Cavani? I mean, they're paying him really, really a lot of money. I mean, that's, that's points, points that, are, that seem lost. It's like three points that seem gone. Um, brought back to you in 45 minutes. I mean, Man United yeah. fans have got to be absolutely buzzing with that. Definitely, because I think for the first hour as well, we weren't particularly great until until they scored. But like you say, we said it, didn't we, that we thought Saints would potentially go on and win a game or at least get a point. Uh, so I think Man United fans will definitely be happy with coming away from three points. Um, what Ollie needed as well, wasn't it? It was a, it was a good win like that. A sort of morale-boosting win, isn't it? So it's, it's the sort of thing that brings confidence. It shows the team, you know, this is what you can do. Um, but I, I do quickly want to mention um, that did you, Mason Greenwood's miss. Um, yeah. Absolutely shocking, wasn't it? It was <laughs> Cavani showed him how to, how to, uh, how to find the back of the net. I like yeah. Greenwood, though. I think he's a good player. He'll be good, um, mate. But he will be good. It was a, it was a shocking miss. No, no one can, no matter how good you are, you're going to have misses like that, aren't you? But <laughs> um, just a bit of comedy. I think if United had lost the game, then it'd have been a bit different. But since they won, I don't think they're really too popular. Yeah. McCarthy, there was a, a moment in the game where McCarthy makes a, a really bad mistake and then pulls off two world he saves. Yeah. <laughs> immediately, immediately after it. Um, but I just, I just wanted to say, because that's just the type of keeper he is. And it's like, mistake for the world he saves. It's like, yeah, <laughs> must be so frustrating as a like if you're a coach looking at that, thinking, "Fucking out, you're so good, just stop fucking up." <laughs> Mistakes, yeah. Um, is, is, have we got a time frame yet on how long David De Gea has got as well? Not that I've read yet. Um, no, I don't think it's anything serious. I think it was like a, an impact injury in terms of yeah, it, yeah. he hits his knee off the post. I don't think it's it's not like a hammer or a groin that's went or anything like that. I do think it's just a wee bit of a sword when he's took. Chance for Dean Henderson, isn't it? To, to stake his claim and show, show Ollie I can be number one. David De Gea's been in poor form. He's mm-hmm. out of this game and plays well. You know, it gives Ollie a verbal head about it. He needs to play well, though. He, does, he needs, to, he needs play. to have a bit of form and put De Gea under that serious pressure now where he can go, pick me, I'm your one. Yeah, he needs to make his mind so, up for him, basically. One gets in, the next one replacement comes and, you know, they've never looked back. So, and there's a no hope that he can he can be, um, he can have that opportunity now where he aims to stake that number one claim. Well, it def- definitely pushes... Um... I think it's his only way into the England squad in terms of getting yeah. picked as a number one. I think if he does um, dethrone, <laughs> I would say David De Gea because he has he has been on that on that seat as uh, you know he's been at one point considered the best Premier League keeper. He's you know seems a wee bit undroppable even though he's not played in good form. If Dean Henderson can go in and you know keep a few clean sheets and and play well, I do think maybe he's got a good chance. Um, and once once you become the first choice keeper for Man United and you're English, you're probably gonna um, push <laughs> push Pickford out. The national team. Um, but moving on to Chelsea and Spurs. No, no. Josie was absolutely buzzing with it, <laughs> even though he didn't really come across that way in his interview. Or he definitely it's did. And he did and he didn't. You know what I mean? It was typical Josie Mourinho in the interview saying, uh, it says we're not even a horse in the race for the title. We're a pony. We're I just thought, fuck it. <laughs> I was like, you fucking liar. No. 
it's classic Jay's, isn't it? Uh, playing down anything and everything until they'll he'll play it down, even if they're eighteen points clear. You know, with a, a game left at the end of the season, you know, you never know. Something might happen. I'll win the league. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it was a bit of a of a Jose masterclass, wasn't it? Again, well, I think it was a result he wanted. Um, yeah, he I mean, want I think Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea were good in the sense that they weren't naive to Tottenham counter attacking ability, and they did allow themselves to keep that clean sheet. Um, so it was a bit. It was like. Pep played exactly into Josie's hands uh, by committing too many bodies forward and leaving himself vulnerable for Harry Kane just to go on and have an absolute world day of a game. Chelsea didn't really... They did sli- slightly deeper. Um, they were kind of more conservative with the ball. Um, and yeah, I think it's probably the, re- the right result for that 90 minutes. Um, Chelsea probably could have capitalised uh, on their... You know, they had double the shots of uh, of Spurs. Um, they had three shots in target. They probably could have been on uh, and won it. But yeah, probably the, the right result. Given given Tottenham's good good you know defensive performance within the ninety minutes, and this is how if Josie got if Josie does go on to to win something, this is how he'll do it. Not by playing like free free flowing attacking football. It just be about just being so 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 hard to beat. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because yeah, he said. Well, you know, whether he's saying he's not in the race or not, Spurs sit top of the top of the table right now. Yeah. And with those attacking options, well, uh, anything can happen, can't it? Uh, Harry Kane and Son are in such good form that you know they potentially can can shoot them to that level. But I think as a Tottenham fan, if you offered a Tottenham fan now, you know, the FA Cup or the League Cup and and the, and the Champions League, I think they'd bite your hand off, wouldn't they? A team like Tottenham. All they want to do at the moment is just get a trophy, get a trophy on board, and, and and go from there. And they're just so desperate for some silverware. They've come so close off the Champions League final, and second in the league, and, and things like that. It's like they just they need that fine touch, that little thing that gets them over the edge. And, and domestic trophies to me are the it's it's you know all great teams are built on that sort of legacy of that domestic trophy. Uh, and if you get that, then the, the sky's the limit. Yeah, it breeds confidence. Tight titles breed titles, don't they? I mean. You know, we see that we seen at Liverpool where once they got that Champions League the following season, they just made themselves really, really relentless and hard to beat. Um, I do think if Spurs can get a, can get an FA Cup or a League Cup or some some sort of cup, um, then I do think there's a. I do think you heard it here first. Jose Mourinho win will win a trophy with Spurs. I don't know which one, but I think he will win one. At least one would stop the four league. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I think that's maybe his longest spell at a club as well. I've got a sneaky feeling that he'll break this for the season rule. Yeah, and he's a serial winner. I don't think he'll want to leave that blemish on his record. They've gone so haven't. They want to win at least one thing. He'll turn around and say, "I've still got it. I've won a trophy at every club I've been in." I think. I think he'll. I think he'll end Tottenham sort of with trophies, and he'll get him. Get him a trophy, you know. And as a Tottenham fan, if you offered a League Cup or an FA Cup, you're gonna take it, aren't you? <laughs> I, if I was a Spurs fan, I would. Um, you know, <laughs> it's that out of when that chance of the trophy, you know, have another history and bit of self-aware. Harry Kane, I think as well for Harry Kane to stay, Tottenham have got to win a trophy, got to win the trophy to stay at, at Tottenham, or they potentially might lose him as you know for a player of Harry Kane's quality to go his entire career without winning a trophy. <laughs> crazy, crazy to crazy. think about. Surely that's Chelsea side didn't win a trophy. Surely with the players they've got they need to win a trophy I mean they brought off right Zayich and Timo Werner and Tammy Abraham to bring on Kristen Pulisic Olivier Giroud and Kai Havertz do you know what I mean 
off the bench. Brian Lake, free really quality. I know some people might say Giroud's buy it. I still think Giroud can do a job for quite a lot. That's quite, still quite rate him as a, as a, as a traditional sort of big forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, surely with these players in the book, they've got to be like players like the Jorginho and Rudiger can't get on the pitch. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, surely. I mean, that something has to be won with that squad in the next two seasons. Otherwise, I think yeah. that'll be considered a failure. Surely. Has to be. The amount of money. The amount of money they spent this season, they've got to win. Um, Abramovich is ruthless as well, isn't he? So um, he will expect, and for his book, expect to get something back for that money that he spent. So Frank needs to, as much as he is a Chelsea legend, he needs to, he needs yeah, definitely. to get trophy with a, on board. Yeah, with a squad of that calibre, you need to deliver. That. So he's kind of dug, he's got the players he wants. He, he's been back. Um, the only thing is he's kind of dug a hole for himself. There is no scapegoat of saying, you know, they, they doesn't have the players or, or they're still growing as a team. You know, once you've had two seasons or so, so i.e. the end of this one, um, you must be looking at saying, right, this is a season. Maybe the following season for this one, this is a season where we really need to be shown and either win a title or a major trophy because you can't be yeah. having players like that <laughs> and not, uh, and not winning trophies. Um, Moving on to Arsenal Wolves, uh, I'll start by saying, did you did you see the clash of heads between Louise yeah. and yeah? It wasn't wow. pretty, was it? No, it wasn't. I was really really surprised to see David Louise stay on the pitch. Um, I was shocked that he yeah. was allowed to switch as well. Um, just for a little background to any listeners, Jake, me and you, we are both medic. <laughs> That's it. We we both work within trauma medicine. Um, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have let him stay on that pitch. Absolutely not. Obviously, we weren't there to do a proper examination. But surely you're thinking, right? If there's nothing obvious right away, do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean thirty minutes down the line, there's not going to be something obvious. Uh, um, it was, it, it was, it just everything about it to me was just a big no, <laughs> like a big big no, and especially with all the, you know. Especially sort of taken away from football. If you look at everything in America, you know, all the CTE stuff that they've got going on over there, it was, it was, it was quite, it was sickening, wasn't it? Like the, the whole sort of incident. And it was one of those things where you just, I just, I was a bit like, oh, I, you know, I mean, David Louise, fair play to him, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, everyone would have been applauding him for staying on and having blood coming through his bandage, you know, all over his shirt, the Terry, the classic Terry Butcher. But, you know, now, definitely in age, isn't it? Advances in medicine, advances in things we know about about traumatic sort of injuries to the head. It's just a big no no. And obviously, he did go off. He went off after about a half time or something. Did Louise? But um, I think we, we all agree that you know we we send our, our best wishes to uh, to the um, to Jimenez, don't we? Uh, hope that he gets better. Uh, obviously, we've had since found out that we had a skull fracture, wasn't it? So yeah, you know, we, can, go on, find we can only. Can hope he um, he recovers from that, you know. Continues to play football. Better. Yeah, hopefully he'll get better soon. That that'll be. Um, was it? it wasn't. It wasn't nice to see, but into the football. Arsenal I really do think just... that it was a bit of naivety on Arteta's front as well. Surely, surely you just take ownership of that situation and bring him off again. Just make the players mind up for him. I think the whole yeah. sort of like, oh, asking Louise if he can play on. Of course it's he's something going to shady. So of course he's going to say, no matter what he's feeling, or, is he really going to give you an honest answer and say, yeah, I've got to come off? So obviously that's yeah. going to show. Um, but I just really think the manager should have just took some fucking ownership and made his mind up for him. I really did think it was just a bitter taste to see a guy that's been in a collision like that um, who's fractured someone's skull, bleeding out his yeah. head, bleeding through his bandage, um, uh, and you stayed on the pitch. It's just, I just, I, I don't think anybody liked it, to be fair. I've not seen one good positive reaction about it anywhere. 
when any sort so, of news sources are, are Twitter. It was it was uh, it was uncomfortable to watch, wasn't it? And like you say, the fact that we both sort of work in that in that environment, it was like I was watching it and I was going, "He's playing." Up. <laughs> you know, you, a full head head assessment takes it takes a while. Um, it doesn't get it doesn't get pitched, and um, you just sort of like crap. So yeah. Off you go, mate. Carry on. Um, so yeah, it was a bit, a bit of a weird one. But I thought Arsenal though were terrible. Um, I, I think they're struggling um, this season. And Abamyang, I think, had a, had a shocker. Um, he just can't find the back of the net, can he? Abamyang at the moment. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Bama Yang's definitely dropped off in the form front, and he, it's only now you can really see exactly how exactly how obvious it is that that Arsenal lean on him. Yeah, yeah, they they really do, don't they? Um, if he's not. They sort of. I'll link it to that. To what we were saying about Crystal Palace earlier, which is a hard. If Aubameyang's not playing well, Arsenal aren't playing well, and I think that it's just, I, I only I only caught the highlights. Um, of the sort of the second half and stuff like that, I sort of I got quite busy and turned off the, the rest of the game. And I was watching it, and I was just I just didn't really have anything like at all. Um, you know, they they obviously they got the players, haven't they? But they've for some reason this season, you know, they they've not something's gone wrong. Something's going wrong somewhere for Arsenal. It's just not quite working. I did think they were improving under Arteta. Did I? Yeah, I absolutely. I, I thought they were. Maybe Roy Keane seen it before the rest of us because he kind of called it out early, didn't he? Because I was still thinking, no, Arsenal, are, they are improving when Roy Keane was there. No, they're not. Uh, I think he's had the right yet because he seemed to have took a couple of steps backwards. Yeah, he sort of looked at it from afar, didn't he? And, and the, the, the paper over the cracks sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what... what, what. What do you think they need to do to to, to make to, to to change it and make it make it work again? Obviously, at the start of the season, it was working. Certainly not now. Um, it would definitely be a plan B. I mean, it was a good time to play Wolves because they've just changed the formation um, again. I think for only the second time um, uh, since they hired Nuno, they've played a, a four at the back. Um, so obviously that kind of Wolves are a counter a counter attacking side, and the fact that they were still able to do it in a really really positive manner against you know I mean they, they did give again they gave Arsenal the bulk of the we no wheels are half over that. That's how they play. Um, <clears throat> I really do think Arsenal probably could have capitalised on playing uh, outside. I'm massively familiar with the formation, uh, but do you know what I mean? When you look at the lineup, I mean, maybe they could have probably. I mean, did they? Aubameyang, I'm not really sure what's going on. I think people were kind of being critical of Aubameyang playing out on the left hand side. I sort of kind of think he suits it out there, and then having Lacazette yeah. in the middle. But a lot of people just want like uh, Aubameyang to go through the, the middle because they think it will just it will just equal much more goals. I just I do think they're a better side with, with uh, Lacazette on the pitch and Aubameyang at the same time. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, for me, they just need to get as many attackers on that pitch as possible, really, um, and and try and score. But I don't. To be honest, I don't know how they do fix it at the moment. I can't really see a way back, a way back, but a way a way for Arsenal to fix this this sort of problem that they have. Um, well, I think when the party uh, comes back, know. when when party comes back, they'll, they'll have a wee bit more steel in midfield, and we'll probably see them pick up yeah. a few more points. But I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll reach the heights this season of what you'd expect. Arsenal, I mean, surely at this point, Arsenal just somehow need to find a way to stay in Europe. <laughs> it's got to be yeah. the um, the goal. Yeah, I mean, they snuck snuck in through the, the FA Cup. Am I right in saying that? Um, yeah. They- yeah, they snuck in through the FA Cup and you find a different way to get in. Europe, obviously, get the, 
get up near nearer the top of the table. But I think I think it's a, a bigger, comp- more complicated question and how how Arsenal sort of revive their form. Sitting fourteenth just now after ten games, and would you expected it? Probably. I mean, you'd probably expect them to be maybe ninth or tenth or thereabout, but. Yeah, they're probably under yeah underperforming a wee bit. I think um, my favourite about about that game um, was yeah. that Rob Holden. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, you, you saw it? I knew, I knew you were going to say it. It was brilliant. Fifteen <laughs> <laughs> times on Twitter. Just it was. Uh, it, it was for those of you who have not seen it, uh, Rob Holden follows Adama Traore uh, and he shouts at the referee, how's he fell over? He's built like a brick shit house. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Right. <laughs> Moving on to a, a bit of a shock result. Um, Fulham beat Leicester in their own house. That come in, did you? <laughs> they beat them with 32% possession. So what <laughs> The biggest point from that game for me, can you guess? Can you guess what it was? Go on. The Fulham scored a penalty. Oh yeah, didn't it? Cavallero, uh, Cavallero scored it. And yeah, and Lickman got a goal as well. Lickman got a goal as well. Listen to this podcast, Addy. You know I'm taking credit. We are taking credit. The total screen. Yeah, we turned that around. We actually. Yeah, and the penalty. <laughs> yeah, that was all down to the Total Screamers. Um, I think, do you know what I mean? Scott, Park, Scott Parker has got to be given a wee bit of credit here. Um, he played the um, played five yeah. at the back, right? Uh, four in the midfield and, and just, just the one up top. Um, and they look good. They look really good. Uh, not great, yes. but maybe not as easy to break down as you'd normally associate Fulham with being. Um, obviously, you know... Um, yeah, so Fulham did do a really good job of making himself hard to beat, which is something we were we were saying the other day that they, they really need to do if they're going to have any chance of staying in this division. Um, yeah. No Mitrovic in the starting lineup, but he did make an appearance. Quite sad we're not seeing the Mitrovic old. I kind of was maybe I I had him in a fantasy team at the beginning of the season. <laughs> you know what? I, I was exactly the same. Uh, we both thought, thought he was going to come good. Um, just one of those things. It's just I think it's much easier for a player of his caliber to get into good form in the championship if you're coming on the back. I mean, like, like if you're a striker in the Premier League, um, you need to to get back into good form. You need to score goals and chances come along so so few far between. If you're not if you're not part of that elite attacking force uh, that you yeah. find at the top of the table, um, you know you're only going to get you know three or four in like entire ninety minutes if you're lucky. So we might see a resurgence from Mitrovic um, at some point this season I think Fulham will need him to to get them a few wins if they want to stay up um, it's just disappointing that that, uh, that we're, um, we're not seeing that much old yeah he, when he when he when he wants to be he's, he's a he's a handful isn't he and he's a real really good player and shown that he can score score good goals and big goals for Fulham and um, just uh, he'll find it again I'm pretty sure, confident that he'll find that form he, he like I say he has shown that he can he can do yeah we have seen him do good things I thought Ruben Loft his cheeks was really really good as well yeah he was he was uh, you know, he was strong, wasn't he? And he was, it was sort of like the the Ruben Loftus cheek that we saw glimpses of at Chelsea. Um, yeah, or the one we've seen at Palace. The one, <clears> yeah, <throat> the one, and, and, and not as frequently at Chelsea. We He's never getting that Chelsea side, mate. I don't care how uh, he could, he could fucking, he could, <laughs> he could score ten goals a season, ten fifteen goals a season. I still don't think he'd break into that Chelsea side. I think he's probably he's done at Chelsea now. Is um, you know, if he wants to play regularly, then it's probably best for him to leave Chelsea anyway. Probably, you would think so. Yeah, uh, Brendan Rodgers. I think maybe. Leicester's just struggling with the fact that they are in Europe as well. Um, yeah. And they yeah. have had a yeah. few injuries as yeah. well. 
they do have uh, injuries. Um, but yeah, I think they will find a way back from from this, and I think they might get European football again. I mean, whether they sit right now, sitting fourth, sort of playing off the good form that they did, they did have. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably see a resurgence in Leicester's form when players are back. Right, just to finish up, over to West Ham and Villa. So West Ham <laughs> stole a few points from Villa. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. yeah. Villa had um, <laughs> the bulk of that game, to be honest. West Ham only two shots in target <laughs> the entire 90 minutes <laughs> and, and beat Villa what? too. record (laughs) I mean I don't know like it's it's not a loss but you've you've played particularly badly I mean Ollie Watkins probably could have had a penalty as well Um, just one of those one of those days it's it's not been well for for Villa but I think Dean Smith could at least walk away and say well we played well the result just didn't go away and you're always going to get that especially at that sort of end of the table if you don't take your chances you're not you can get punished in this league it's it's fame you know teams dying in a game not so chances and then like you say the other side West Ham two shots Shots, two goals. Um, sometimes that's just the way it is in the Premier League. <laughs> uh, the Moisey special. <laughs> uh, yeah, found his way up to, to fifth place. Be a dark horse in the top six or seven? Oh, I don't think so. I do not think. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, they've got a lot of good players I really like. I, I still do like Declan Rice. Uh, I think that Thomas Suchek, proper my kind of player, he's big and strong and he's a midfielder. And he's, where's he from again? I don't know where he's from, but he is. something like that, isn't he? He's Czech, but he's, yeah, he's just a big, strong bloke. It's just really, just a handful for every single team he plays. He's, do you know what kind of player he is? He's like a Jose Mourinho kind of player. Um, he very much is um, a Jose type of player, isn't he? Um, he is a biking as well. I think he's good. He's, a, he's just a bit of a handful, really. Yeah, it just causes problems for, for anybody to play. Uh, he's definitely a David Moyes uh, kind of player as well. Um, Jack Daly should be good. He's saving grace for my, for my fantasy team. The only reason I didn't do totally terribly. Because <laughs> I had, um, I think I'd vice-captained or captained him for this. Um, I thought he was going to go and get a couple of goals today. I thought it'd be a, quite a high-scoring match. Fairness, three goals. Um but yeah, I don't think this is spot on the buck for Villa uh, because they are still playing well. Quite like them in that four, uh, the four three three. Quite, I really do quite like the look of that, especially um, Douglas Douglas Ruiz and John McGinn just look really comfortable together. Um, and Ollie Walk is just giving giving them something they didn't have last season, giving them that outlet and goal scoring um, striker. That this kick is last year. Last year it was just about give a ball Jack Grealish and see what happens. And they lost John McGinn really early on last season. So yeah, I don't, I'm I'm not worried about Villa. I think they will sort of bounce back from this they played well didn't get the points beaten by you know an experience with David with two shots two shots in target and two goals it happens like it's just one of those things yeah it was um, like you say it's just, I think it's just a little blip isn't it it's one of those things that happens um, every team does it yeah I, 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 I didn't I almost made it a full episode about talking about VAR no <laughs> go on. very briefly very very briefly Not. I'm not going to run just it's just, it's just a joke, isn't it? Now, it's become a laughing stock. Um, there's been a lot of talk of of, of of footballers coming out and saying that you know, even they're sort of sick of it, and they they you know they feel like they can understand why people have sort of fallen. I love the game, and that obviously what happened with Liverpool at the weekend, and a couple of other times, and then obviously the Ollie Watkins thing. It's just, it's just, it's just pissing me off. <laughs> but it's just, I'm not, not going to rant. 
I'm not going to go on for 20 minutes no. like I, I did plan to, and you know what I did. I know, uh, bit. I, wrote, I know, but you just you just upset yourself. <laughs> speech for everyone listening at home about VR that was about 45 minutes long, and probably <laughs> I could probably do an episode on my own just talking about VR. I'm not going to because I'm tired of talking about it. And like you say, Simo, I just make myself upset. You just um, upset yourself, mate. <laughs> it's frustrating, isn't it? You, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say on the map. Ah. <laughs> I'm already getting annoyed talking about it. Yeah, you're getting annoyed even thinking about it. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll, we'll finish. Uh, let us know what you thought about this sort of format. Obviously, we've done a longer format and talked about every single game. Uh, we're just excited to experiment with different, different layouts for the pod. Um, but we'll see you again on Hitlcom back on Friday for a preview Premier League preview show hopefully we'll have Walsh back <laughs> yeah hopefully we'll have Tim Walsh back as well uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, you bye Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.